Welcome to the St. Richard's Podcast Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at strichards.org. Friends, this week I have been thinking a lot about food, as one is prone to do at the start of Lent. My wife may challenge that and say, I think about food quite a lot anyways. But we're prone to do this, especially with a season that is defined and marked by fasting. Specifically, I spent this week, as I prepared to talk about the gospel, thinking about the way in which certain athletes have a relationship with food. Specifically, I follow strongman competitions, uh, and if you're unfamiliar, uh, these are gigantic human beings who lift incredible amounts of weight and do such things as pulling, you know, 747 jets on a rope or throwing boulders on top of pillars or chucking kegs over seven meter high um, bars, I guess. Ridiculous. Uh, there's, there's one in particular that I follow. He's a gentleman by the name of Brian Shaw. Brian is six foot eight inches tall and weighs well over 450 pounds. He is a four-time world's strongest man winner. And I thought about his relationship with food because in his times whenever he's just training to kind of maintain his strength, I'm going to repeat that for emphasis, in the times where he's training to maintain his strength, Brian on average consumes between 8,000 and 10,000 calories per day. I am not a small human being. I'm six foot four, close to 250 pounds. That is four days worth of eating for me. (laughs) Brian, in order to keep up with the amount of stress that he's putting on his body and his muscles, consumes the amount of calories it would take me over half of a week to consume. And this is in order for him to do the things that he does regularly, like pick up and put down very, very heavy things, like deadlifting a car. So his daily routine pretty much looks like eating, working out, eating, 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 and then sleeping. (laughs) And at some level, all athletes sort of have a relationship with food of that the same as your car has with gasoline, merely as fuel and not as something necessarily to be enjoyed. We do find ourselves in the gospel reading here at the start of Lent, having a story read to us that is something completely opposite about the relationship with food. The story falls kind of immediately following Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist where we see him go into the wilderness and fast for 40 days. And following his fasting, he is tempted by none other than the devil. This is preparation for Jesus' public ministry, where he will go into the town squares and the synagogues and say things against the religious leaders and the Roman Empire. He will speak against the oppressions that are happening from those in power to the poor and the needy. He will perform miracles and teach and preach and call those to do the same. 
And the idea is not preparation, but go into the wilderness and not eat for 40 days and 40 nights. We have run to the opposite end of the spectrum. And I want to say something that may be controversial. This is stupid. <laughs> it is dumb to deny yourself food and water for 40 days and then try to complete anything aside from eating something to sustain the hunger that you now feel because you did not eat for 40 days and 40 nights. And Matthew says it. He was famished. That may be the translator taking a bit of liberty there. It's the word for hungry in Greek. Um, but I think we understand that 40 days, 40 nights, you would be famished. And after this, we find Jesus in competition, apparently, with the devil. It isn't after a wonderful sermon where praise and adulation fall upon Jesus that the devil tempts him. It isn't after a great round of healing. It isn't after the miracle of feeding the 5,000. It isn't after walking on the water. It is after Jesus has denied himself sustenance for 40 days that the devil comes and tempts him. Why not be the strongest that you could possibly be in preparation for that moment? That's what I would want to do. I have very rarely, although I have done this, gone into meetings fully unprepared for what that meeting was about. It is very rare that I don't actually study for the paper or the exam that is coming up. It is very rare that I walk into conversations that are going to be heavy and I don't have some sort of remarks prepared. But this isn't the way that struggles work in our day-to-day -day lives. Trials and tribulations do not announce themselves three weeks in advance so that you can put them on the calendar. Your struggles do not care whether you are busy particularly on that day. The times in which we are most prone to be attacked spiritually are not made aware to us prior to them happening. They happen when we are weak and they are unexpected and they are jarring. Now coming back to our gospel reading, I want to say that if it is just the man, Jesus, walking into the desert and denying himself food for 40 days, this is stupid. If it is just the man who has walked into the water and been baptized and washed as a ritual symbolizing repentance, then this is kind of dumb. If it is just a man who is preaching against the powers of the Roman Empire and the religious elite, it's kind of silly. But it's not just a man. The beginning of our reading starts with the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And we can assume that the Spirit, who had just descended upon Jesus like that of a dove, stayed with him throughout his 40 days and 40 nights. There are commentators on this particular passage who compare this to Moses going up on the mountain to receive the law as he walks into the fog. And it says that he, 
he fasts as well for 40 days and 40 nights because he's so encompassed in the love of God that food is not necessary. So if we can take that, we can apply it to Jesus, that this relationship with the Spirit and the Father was so much that it was not necessary for food to sustain him. Let us remember that the Spirit does not lead Jesus into the wilderness and abandon him there. It is not solely the power of Jesus, the man that endures the temptations. Because let us remember the way in which Jesus responds to these temptations. It is with the word of Scripture, inspired by the Spirit of God. He does not even rely upon himself wholly. There's a hymn in Philippians, the Christological hymn, and it says that Jesus, even though he was God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. This was not something that the Son did on his own. The Spirit and the Father were there, and I can guarantee you that. This passage communicates the way in which the Son of God became incarnate, not as a God triumphantly stamping out all of the powers and liberating Israel, not as a conquering king leading an army to drive out the Roman Empire from the land of Israel, not even as one who overthrows the religious powers and establishes himself as the earthly high priest. He is one who comes and identifies with the poor and the weak and has dinner with prostitutes and tax collectors, and it is exemplified here as he relies on the words of the Spirit when tempted by the devil. So you have to ask, what is being taught here? If you fast, then you'll be able to overcome every temptation. If you deny yourself food for 40 days, you will achieve Christian perfection. If that's the case, awesome, let's all do that and we'll get there. Or is it in preparation for a big task? And I will say that Jesus' ministry here on earth is a big task that we should not do anything to prepare Is that why we fast over Lent? Are we trying to make ourselves holy by our own machinations? Is this thing that we do of self-denial reconciling us to God? Our example found here is in Jesus' reliance upon the Father and the Spirit for strength in the struggle against the temptations that we face, even though he was God. Maximus, the confessor, a uh, uh, saint from uh, the third century, puts it this way, Jesus lives out his life in a divinely human way and a humanly divine way. There are these two things going on there. And as the human, even though in the ecstasy of God did not need the sustenance, you can guarantee that he was weak after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. The humanity within him was weak because we need food. And in his weakness, he relied upon God, not answering the devil's challenges of really the temptation was selfishness. You're hungry. Those stones can be turned to bread by you if you're the son of God. Go ahead and do that. take you to the top of the temple, throw yourself off. Surely, if you're that important, angels will come and will tend to you. 
see all of this laid out in front of you. If you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the power you want. It's temptations to selfishness. And Jesus, even though he was God, did not consider that equality to be grasped and turned the words of God back on the tempter. And then suddenly, angels came and tended to him, showing me that the Spirit was there through all of it. And so during Lent, for those of us who observe Lent, often we, we fast from something, or we give something up for Lent. And if you're around people who observe Lent, they'll ask you this question, which is, what did you give up for Lent? That's the question you get asked. I want to pose a different question that I think that the gospel poses to us here. Why did you give up for Lent? Because in the same way, if it is Jesus, the man who goes and fasts and then challenges the devil in temptations, it's stupid. If the reason for giving up something is not relationship with God, it's kind of silly. Sure, there's personal improvement. But the things that we do as Christians, if they're not focused on the relationship of God, can be kind of silly. Us coming here on a Sunday morning can be silly to people. Us praying to God can be silly. Us coming to this table and eating a little bit of a wafer and drinking a little bit of wine can be silly. Us looking for a resurrected Jesus can be a little silly, but it is us relying on the relationship with God that makes these things significant and powerful and meaningful. Jesus went into the wilderness, fasted, and was with God. His strength was not found within himself. And it wasn't found in the fact that he had not eaten in the past couple of weeks. It was found in the relationship between himself and the Father and the Spirit. And maybe this Lent you have given up something or you're fasting on specific days. I want to pose the question again, why? What is the purpose? If you answer the question of why are you fasting with, I don't know, it's Lent. That seems silly. If this is a game of us trying to measure up to Jesus, let's pack it up. I don't measure up. I don't know about you. If this is a game of trying to match our holiness with that of the Son of God, I don't think that any of us come close. In the same way, I cannot ever match the strength of four-time world's strongest man, Brian Shaw. I cannot match Jesus, the Son of God, who was tempted in every way as we are, yet did not sin. What we gather here for as we celebrate a holy Lent, what we gather here for every Sunday as we celebrate the meal at the holy table is about God. And it's important what is communicated here to us. And what I want to leave you all with this morning is that demonstrated through the story of Jesus walking into the desert and not eating for 40 days and 40 nights, 
becoming his weakest prior to enduring the suffering of the cross that we will celebrate later on this year. Is that Jesus does not ask for your achievement. Jesus asks for your relationship. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For service times or more information on St. Richard's, please visit strichards.org.